Hello, welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. This is Courtney. What do we do? We talk through the do-dos and the don't-dos of personalized learning. You know what else we do? Laugh. Uh, sure. <laughs> there we go. See, I laugh. We also do the Voices Hub at Inacall. We do. We are the Voices Hub at Inacall. That so is what coming is, right up. That is. It's in uh, three weeks. It's in like three weeks. <laughs> Which is crazy. <laughs> yeah, That's the next crazy. wow, the next few weeks are going to be kind of a whirl, whirlwind. Yeah, it sure is. Uh, October's going to be crazy. October's nuts. All right. Well, what is the Voices Hub? So the Voices Hub is something that uh, has gone on for a couple of years, but we were in charge of it last year. Yeah. So basically, we uh, we did a lot of work. <laughs> we, yeah. We interviewed so many people. Yeah. For like ten or fifteen minutes at a time. Yep. And one after another, after another, after another. Yeah. We also had it set up so people could drop by yeah. and kind of talk into a microphone uh, with some, some prompts that we left. Yep. And those were fantastic. Yeah. The, the ones that I people just those. did themselves. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah. Uh, so we think we're going to kind of do the same thing same this year. Same thing. Yeah, we'll have interviews scheduled throughout Inacall. We'll, we will have some open slots, I believe, yep. um, for maybe some last-minute sign-ups. But then for sure, yeah, we will have self-recording stations where um, there'll be one of – you just pick one of six questions, and there's very clear directions. Um you record it, and then later that day, we smush them all together and share them out on uh, on a podcast. Yeah. How does the smushing actually work? You do that. I do do that. <laughs> I, and I just said Matt, you do. Matt edits them all together. <laughs> uh, I smush them is what I do. It's the yes. technical term. There we go. <laughs> so uh, if you're in Nashville in a couple of weeks, come on down and see us. Yeah. It'd be great. Yeah. So we have just wrapped up our series on homework. Mm -hmm. uh, it was fantastic. We got some great feedback, we did. I think. We did. Uh, we have one more piece of feedback that is on our parking lot. Ah. And where is our parking lot? You can find that at plearnmc.com. Yes, you can. Um, I believe it's called Connect is the title. And then it says the parking lot. Yeah. So it's pretty straightforward. Yeah, and it takes you right there. Okay, so the first thing on our parking lot this week is a little comment about homework oh so this one comes from crystal a third grade teacher in north carolina hey north carolina hello crystal it's just as an aside it's really amazing to me and fun when we hear about listeners in other states not just our little main not, area not just Maine. Yeah. agreed it is totally really cool. agree keep those coming <laughs> if you're listening outside of maine so what Crystal says is, listening to the first podcast on homework, I wanted to share how dramatically my opinion on homework changed once I had kids. Once yeah, I finally yeah. do get home to my kids, the last thing I want to do is battle homework. Right. I want to play with them, read to them, eat dinner with them, enjoy them. That to me is more important than anything a homework assignment can provide, and it is when I stopped being okay with giving students meaningless homework. Yay, Crystal. Good, good for you. 100% agree. Yeah. Uh, I think that happens to a lot of teachers. Actually. Yeah, well, I was just going to say, that yeah. was kind of me. Yeah. Uh, at the beginning of my uh, my teaching career, my kids were like seven and eight. Mm-hmm. And they started to come home with just stupid stuff, to be honest. Meaningless, as Crystal says. And I was like, why are yeah. they doing that? When yeah. I can, you know, I'll read a book to them. We'll right. play with them. We'll talk to them. You yeah. know, if they have some real homework that makes sense, yeah, then then they, they can do that and, and I can help with whatever. You know? But if it's just like, stupid stuff? Uh, no, like, 
Yeah. I think anyone doing any of these, like, kind of like the the quote-unquote fun homework things that we've talked about with the, mm-hmm. like, you know, like the one my son gets, like, add on, um, play a board game with your family. Like, yep. in my house, we have been playing uh, Uno. I love that. It's awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a new version called Uno Attack, but my, my stepdaughter... Ooh. Sounds aggressive. It it is it's a little <laughs> aggressive, but it's a lot. It's fun. It's um, anyway, like the social skills and the cooperation and yeah, agreed. Enjoy your kids, teachers. Drop the homework unless it's meaningful. If it's meaningful, the kids are gonna want to do it, and yeah. it won't be this battle at home. Right. Then it won't be like homework. Yeah. It'll be something fun that they can do. It's just something. It's just for to school. Do. Yeah. yeah. I totally agree. So thank you for Crystal for bringing that up. Love it. We totally agree with that one. Yeah. All right, so let's do another one. Uh, let's talk on the parking lot about the parking lot. So meta. So meta. Yeah, this one says, <laughs> you two recently mentioned having a parking lot in the classroom, two quadrant versus four quadrant. Oh, yeah. Okay, so can you explain what, what she's meaning by that, or she or he, whoever this they. person is? They. Yeah. Thank you. Much better. Yeah. So what is the difference between a two quadrant and a four quadrant? Um, Other than two quadrants. Four quadrants are four sections on a piece of paper or your poster or whatever and um that's meant to just give more options for the kinds of responses you might get on a parking lot so a traditional four quadrant parking lot would have a space for positives Mm -hmm. a space for proposed changes Mm -hmm. um i tend to use the delta sign some Mm -hmm. people do other things because they feel delta is too pointy and they want it to be a little more I, i don't know Roundish? Right. Yeah, I'm not sure. But right. um, a spot for proposed changes, mm-hmm. a spot for questions, and then a spot for, um, I use a light bulb. That's one that's pretty common. It's mm-hmm. called, you know, ahas or ideas, ideas, mm-hmm. breakthroughs, shout outs, sure. um, which shout outs could end up in positives too. So um, that's a four quadrant. A two quadrant, which really language-wise doesn't make sense yeah but, but, but that is what we say <laughs> it's only get two quadrants um that might only have positives and suggestions for changes on it that's right. a pretty standard um i feel like that one is kind of like used more frequently when you are um intentionally soliciting feedback while the four quadrant the full parking lot is more of just always there yeah, At I least I've seen you use it that way. Yeah. Um, I think you talked about, did your classroom just have the two? We had the two. The halves? We had the two quadrants, <laughs> or as you folks call them, halves. Halves. <laughs> uh, I started with the four quadrant, actually. Yeah. And then I wasn't really getting anything for the ideas and the one. What's yeah. the one on the lower, lower left? Again? I always do questions. Some oh, people questions. put questions yeah. up towards the top. but The, the, yeah, the classes yeah. that I had had no problem like asking questions. Right. So there wasn't really any need for it. So I just decided to save some space and put up student work in place of it. There you go. Way to be responsive. And they were totally fine. They were totally fine because they were using the other ones anyway. Right. So. Right. And I agree with that. I feel like the ones that get used the most are the positives and the changes. Totally agree. After that, questions. um, Yeah, the aha, big idea one. That takes... I think getting used to, we don't, as general, in general, we're not really good at kind of being like, oh, I get this now and I'm going to celebrate that. 
Right. And that's what it's for. So that's a nice attitude or, you know, a nice thing to nurture. But, um, yeah, like what happened with you in your room? If you're noticing that a particular part of the parking lot you set up isn't necessary, don't use it. Sure. Just respond to what they need. So hope that answers that question right there. We did say we would do a whole episode on on parking lots at one point, but and we will. Maybe we still will. We will. Yeah. We'll do. I think we'll do a lot of stuff on here. Uh, full episodes. There's some good stuff on here. Yeah. All right. We're gonna go to the next one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The next one. Let's talk about uh, professional development. Ah. Okay. Uh, this is from a fourth grade teacher in New Jersey. Hey! Speaking of outside, so hey, shout out. So I've been implementing a proficiency-based system in my math class for Ooh. about a year now. Awesome. Love it. Recently, I'm trying to incorporate competencies in my students' writing time. Besides listening to my favorite podcast for PD, do you know of any professional resources out there? Any university-level classes to hone my PL skills? Any seminars? Well, we have Uh, done a pod last spring, I believe, that put together some resources. Right. And I'm 99% sure that's the one where I forgot to add all the resources. (laughs) I think it was. Yeah. So you can go back in our Twitter feed or on our Facebook feed Mm. where it has a list of all of those different things that you can do. Right. So I can also kind of just list off some other possibilities. Sure. Um, Course-wise, I mean, this, this, I don't know. Yeah. Um, You're in New Jersey, so you're close. Actually, I don't know what part of New Jersey you're in, but you're close to New York City. Mm-hmm. And uh, Teachers College Reading Writing Project mm-hmm. is out of Columbia University. And they have incredible professional development for both reading and writing workshop, which is it's their wheelhouse. It's their thing. You may be familiar with the Lucy Calkins kits. Um, that's where Lucy Calkins, she runs the Reading Writing Project. Um, so any of their professional development is wonderful. They have some free weekends now and then. It is, it can be pricey, um, but totally worth it for incorporating competency-based, learner-centered education into reading and writing. That's that's the go-to. Um, as far as math, uh, I just recently saw somewhere like a you know an online self-paced course type thing about numeracy workshop so i think i think those are the words you want to search mm-hmm. like those are the key terms is numeracy workshop um or math workshop to kind of find but um one of the books that we oh no 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 yeah okay here's another one you should do okay. is the um joe bowler's go to ucubed.org mm-hmm. they have a, a few online classes there that are incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, they won't speak directly to competency-based. Right. You know, if you're kind of looking for that very strict something tied to competency-based, but it's so wonderful for helping you think about um, how to really teach math in a way that invites any learner to connect with it. Mm-hmm. I think you could uh, uh, really adjust those to proficiency or competency-based things. Oh, easily. If you, if you have that in ideas. Because a lot of the... A lot of the things, you know, proficiency and competency are really kind of the new thing still. Yeah. So these conferences, these online classes, these type of things haven't really caught up to the masses, basically. Right. 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 So right. Uh, try to adjust a little bit for what you're thinking and how you can use some of those things in, in your proficiency, competency-based class. Yeah. And um, so Joe Bowler is a name to look for mm-hmm. uh, for any kind of coursework online or workshops. Um, Dan Meyer 
is another name. Um, is it Wendy Ward Hoffer? Yep. Yep, Wendy Ward Hoffer. She wrote a book called Numeracy Workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a great book. Um, so I'd say those are three good names to kind of be on the lookout to see if anyone's coming around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so there you go. There you go. Let's go to our next one. This one talks about going gradeless. Love it. I like this one. What impact do grades themselves have on learning? And to what extent can going gradeless support or hinder personalized learning? It's a great question. Oh, my gosh. That's like, that's that's a series. That's another series. That is definitely a series. Yeah. We're writing it on the whiteboard. Courtney's writing on the board right now. So so going gradeless. So that would be like one of my ultimate dreams. Yeah. You know, one of the things we talk about the most is – is with kids is they have targets and they gather evidence towards those targets and when they have a preponderance of evidence they get yeah. to, they get to move on right right i didn't say anything about grades there no no because grades okay see we could already go um have yeah. you ever read inside <laughs> um was it inside the black box or outside the black box uh, dylan william was one, one of the, the authors other. right something about the black box i think something it's inside the black the, box i think it is too um they kind of come right out and say that. So you can read like the larger study and then there's also condensed versions that got published mm-hmm. in, you know, various education journals and machine machines magazines. Eh, same. <laughs> education machine. <laughs> um yeah, and so one of the things they find, right, is that it's what really makes the difference is effective feedback. Mm-hmm. The letter grade means nothing. Right. Means nothing. So uh can you say that again? What really matters is Effective descriptive feedback. The letter grade means nothing. Hmm. And in fact, in the research, when you read this article, one thing it talks about is that when learners were given grades, it actually negatively impacted their um, motivation and achievement. And when they were not given grades and only given effective descriptive feedback, it increased their motivation and their achievement. So in a nutshell, you don't need grades. Don't need grades. If you can give effective feedback in your classroom and are still forced to give grades because that's the policy, you can do that. Yeah. But if you can avoid the grades as much as you can and just give feedback, yeah. that's a way to start. It is. And then ask the kids to, at the end, like when it's when you have to put the grade in, then get the learners, like have them look at their work and, you know. Have them figure out the grade. Ha- yeah. Have them say what grade Done they deserve and why. Do that. That's, that's a better. great conversation, it too. Is. Right. And they really start thinking about what they're doing at exactly. that point. That's a wonderful question. Yeah. But as far as I can only see it um, increasing the... Uh, I don't forget the word they use, but as far as like the the impact on personalized learning, I think mm-hmm. that only increases the personalization. Yeah, I think so too, because a, a lot of it that you just talked about has to do with reflection of where yeah, they are, right? And that is really one of the one of the keys to to have it be truly right. personalized. Yeah, is having them reflect on what they've been doing. Yep, so, agreed. All with that. Yeah, one. but look forward to that series. That's gonna be a good series. That is gonna be fun. Uh, so we have one that I'm just going to zip over because I know this is a whole series coming up. Ready for this one? I am. ZPD. ZPD. We need a jingle for that. I bet I bet Vygotsky had a jingle in his head when he came up with that term. If only we could. If only we could. If only we could that. go back in time and find out God. the crazy things that went on in that man's maybe, mind. Maybe we can listen to one of his old podcasts. Let's do it. Probably have the jingle. So the question is, how can we better work with students to find their magic ZPD slash rigor slash fabulous buzzwords spot? 
It's ZPD. There, it's not a buzzword. It's like, it's a, it's a thing. ZPD. Yeah, it's a real it's thing. It's a real thing, like for a long time now. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. We have to do, uh, that'll be another series that yeah. Courtney has written it on the whiteboard next to us. I here. have, yeah. But we know both of us individually are doing some trainings related to this with, with staff in our district. Yes, we are. Coming up. So we have yeah. some things to talk about. Uh, when those happen, when those happen, yeah. uh, it'll be right, right on, right on point. So that's going to be a series. So there, there are a lot of answers to that and a lot of ideas that we have. What, what can you say? What their question was again? Yeah, sure. It says, "How can we better work with students to find their magic CBD spot?" Ass- come up with every possible way to um, assess them. <laughs> Not, so, in, not simple as that. Not, right. I'm not saying sit them down for days on end and test them. Oh, um, I'm that'd saying, be so easy. Yeah, it would be, but it, you won't get the No, you have to collect as much data about the learner as you can. Right. That's a great first step right there. First step. Right? Data, data, data. Yeah. Okay. Different kinds of data. Yeah, it's not just one. Triangulate people. Oh, my gosh. Sounds like another series. <laughs> okay. So our next one talks about math and personalized learning. And this one actually has a follow-up comment on there. No way. I love that. Because now you get the arrows, I think, right? They show up now. It does have the arrows. (laughs) So the first one talks about math and personalized learning. How do you create a personalized learning math time without having one-to-one technology in an elementary classroom? And then the answer to that one from another one of our listeners, we follow the arrow says, what I do is organize centers and bins based on proficiencies. My students can learn a new skill by watching an internet video, uh-huh. but if computers aren't available uh, to all, then I can use other students, other adults, or other specific written lessons to help. I try to have as many activities available to my students as I can. This helps me not rely solely on computer use. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome right that's there. That's it, exactly and right there. Th- the centers and bins, you know, you, you think so that's good. immediately thinking elementary no it works for high school too. it works for high school too yeah because it what really the, the point is is that the learners know there's transparency right the learners know what the targets are that they're supposed to be working on or the outcomes that they're supposed to be working on and there's choice so they are able to choose or have guided choice or suggested mm-hmm. choice in what kinds of um either input or processing activities that they need to be doing uh to further their ability with that skill so if you're setting up those those centers and bins and teaching them to f- figure out where they are a little bit, aren't you setting the conditions to for learner agency you in are, that classroom? You are. Absolutely. That's kind of one of the ultimate things that we want our kids to have. Is yeah, that's the point of all of this. Yeah, to be able to know yeah. what they need and to go find it yeah. and then be able to do it and be able to ask questions when they need it. Right. And you need, like, what, that other, that experience, more experienced other you need that, nor more knowledgeable. More knowledgeable. Other. That's what other. I think yeah. it's the MKO. <laughs> so you need that in the room. So you're not just letting kids go off by themselves and learn, and you're there if needed. It's like no, no, no you no, can no. you can guide them when when they need help, but you'll know that, and the kids will know that, and you've set up that those conditions so the kids will know that also. Right, and I think so. Yes, and um, personalized does not mean necessarily individualized. Correct. Right. So if you're sitting We've had a there, plot on that before. we have. Yeah, we could do it again because of course it's, we can. it does not necessarily mean individualized, and it doesn't necessarily mean that the teacher is the one 
um, making all of those plans for individualization. So I think that's the difference. If you're saying individualization, it implies that the teacher is the one that has to do all of the work, mm -hmm. where personalization, um, you grow into that agency where the learners are the ones making more of those decisions mm -hmm. for themselves. Um, so that's where I think that computer piece comes in, right? Because it's easy for each learner to have their own path when each learner has a computer because it does it for them. The teacher doesn't have to do it, right? right? I think that's where a lot of this, how do I do this without sure. computers comes from. Yep. Um, to be perfectly honest, you put in a lot of work prepping. Yep. That's how you do this. You put in a lot of work. Yes. You're putting in a lot of work anyway. You just got to shift where the work, where the energy goes. I know I've said that a hundred times. And we can say it a hundred more because yeah. it's super important. It is. Okay. But we are coming right to the end. Yeah, yeah. So what? We have cleared out the parking lot. Oh, the parking lot is clear? Cleared out. Wow. All right, people, you know what to do. Send us some more questions. We'll fill it right back up. Yeah, we, we just got a bunch of ideas for some new episodes and series. Yes, we did. So oh, thank fine. you for all the feedback. Uh, you can provide that feedback not only on the parking lot, but where else, Courtney? Um, Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> that prompt did not go so well. Nope, sorry, guys. I, I was spacing for a moment. So you can go onto our Facebook page at PLearnMC. Yeah. Where else can you find us? Uh, Twitter at PLearnMC. I'm at Belolency. I'm at Eat Sleep Stats. Yeah. And uh, Instagram, I believe, is also uh, PLearnMC. Yep. Again, we need to hire a social media person. I know. We need an intern. We need interns. If you're willing to move to Maine and work for nothing, yeah, yeah. Um, let us know. Cool. Okay. Or do it remotely. You don't necessarily have to. It it's is, true. you know, That's we, true. we are living. In if you're a, interested in doing stuff for us for, again, for free. absolutely nothing, <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Boy. Anyway. All right. All right. So, uh, yeah, come to Inacall and uh, we'll see you.